Mescalero. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. You get a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community. another episode um good to be here my name is christopher zell and i'm here with lee pike and of course blue how you guys doing doing good doing, doing good um can you can you state your whole name for the world uh, my name is philip lee pike i am a miscalero apache tribal member yeah so um i had to have you <laughs> tell me your whole name this whole time that i've known you i've only known you by lee and uh where did why did everyone call you by your middle name? I don't know. I mean, just every since I was small, everybody knew me as Lee. I mean, my, <laughs> my whole family just calls me as Lee, and it's not really how it works, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I've known you. I've I've actually known you because when we used to play in the men's league down in Mescalero, what like ten years ago? Yeah. How long was that? Like ten years ago, twelve years ago? Yeah. Something we used like to that. play against each other, and. Um, I knew you from the dude that can shoot the lights out. You're a three-point <laughs> monster, and I hated it. Every time <laughs> someone passed you the ball and you were open at the three, you had a natural ability to sink a three-pointer. Is it because you just shot your whole life or you always have a, a knack for the three? Um, Yeah, I kind of just, when I played high school in Ridoso, it's just, I was just more considered as a shooter. Yeah, As a shooting guard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you seem like you're a little modest about your, your three-point shooting abilities, <laughs> but I remember you used, to, you used to shoot a lot of threes. Um, so tell us, um, tell us a little bit about your your childhood. Where where did you grow up? Um, I grew up here my whole life here in Miss Claro. Um, I'm when I when I was really small, we lived in flats. Then after that, they built a new housing here in in Palmer Loop, and that's where I grew up. What year was Palmer Loop built, anyway? Um, I believe I'm not really too sure. I mean, I've lived yeah. there my whole life since I was. But when growing. when you were little, it was it wasn't there yet. No, no, because no. I can always remember. It must have been like one of the late '80s, early '90s that they built it. Because I know the, they built Carrizo Trails, like what. In the early nineties, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whenever I remember when it first got built, because there wasn't even any um, pavement on the road; it was just all dirt in the streets. Yeah, for yeah. like how long, you know? Until they they paved it, and everyone was freaking out, like, "Man, this is luxury! You got a paved street." <laughs> yeah, it used to get pretty muddy in there. Yeah, I remember Especially coming up and down them hills. Now that we're talking about, it, I kind of didn't remember it. Um, before this conversation, but uh, now I'm starting to think back. I remember that old, that old muddy, muddy road. Yeah. Um, who's your, who's your parents? Who, who took care of you when you were growing up? Um, my mom is Nelda. I guess it's Chi. Well, yeah, Nelda Chi. Um, I was adopted by my my grandmother and my grandfather Agatha Chi and Nathaniel Chi, and I've I've lived with them my my whole life. Okay. Uh, and, and my my dad is deceased. He's from um, the San Carlos 
Apache tribe in Arizona. Oh wow, really? Yeah, he he actually died um, jumping on a motorcycle, and he went and wrecked and messed up his brain. And yeah, I mean, I was probably just a month old when he passed away. You know, I've always had um, had a desire to buy a motorcycle, but um, after I think it was last year, the year before. Um, somebody had wrecked their motorcycle behind my house, and, and I actually saw the crash. I was getting ready to eat dinner, and I heard a bang. I heard a crash happen, and I looked out the, the back sliding door, and I could see someone flipping down the road, um, and their bike was coming after them. And so I handed the baby to my wife, and I jumped over the wall, and I helped them. And I tried to save their life, and I was able to apply a tourniquet to their to their leg and stop the bleeding from uh, from them bleeding out. And the uh, the paramedics came. They worked on him, and he just he didn't make it. And that scene right there, kind of like, it was kind of a hard pill to swallow because, you know, he had kids and um, his he had a wife, and I kind of felt like that was like an unnecessary risk to to hop on a motorcycle and um, just kind of a, I don't know. For me, it's an unnecessary risk because I just feel like I have kids and I don't want to come come flipping around a corner and mm-hmm. just make the wrong move you know it's so scary yeah because you know now if you think back on it you know motorcycle was a, the cause of, of you losing your father but um did um did you have any other father roles after that um yeah my my grandfather nathaniel g mm-hmm. was the one that was more my my role model, model growing up and just following him and Who's the one that taught you about your culture and what you're, um, everything you know today? That had to be my, my grandfather, Nathaniel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it just, just runs in the blood, I guess. I yeah. mean, I never didn't want to sing. I mean, it was, you have to sing hard. I mean, yeah. I guess it was just, just always there just to always follow, follow follow him around when they're dancing or when when they get hired to sing I was always either dancing or I was either singing so how long did it take you to learn those songs that you know now just grew up with it yeah so at a, at a young age you just got yeah. it right away yeah. yeah you know one of the reasons why we had we asked you to come on the podcast is because for one you know you seem to be highly involved in our culture and I think that's awesome because um, you know, a lot of people always talk about the fear of losing it, yeah. and you're you're always at all the events, and you're always participating, and um, you seem to be very, very active. And, may, and for me, you're one of the uh, closest people I know that's that's that involved. And I just wanted to highlight that. And then also, um, number two reason why I wanted to ask you to come on the podcast is because um, I haven't known you really before i would say last year maybe yeah and we kind of just started talking about things and um just kind of became friends like slowly over the past year and i remember during our first conversation that we had um you were telling me that you knew how to how to butcher an elk and stuff and it's a big deal uh it was a big deal to me to learn that i wanted to learn how to process an elk and get it put in my freezer and i was thinking that or i had asked a lot of people to help me and no one had the time for me and I was like well I don't know Lee too well but I need to learn how to do this because I got these hunts coming up and I can't afford to keep taking this animal to the processor and the very first time I asked you you were you were down you were just you were ready to go you were like let's go come on let's once you get your animal call me up and I'll show you how to process it 
And um, that kind of wraps up my second point for why I want to ask you on here is I, I feel like um, you you just try to help people and in any time I've, I've asked for it you've been right there and um, that's a huge that's a huge point that's a huge topic for me and the reason for the podcast um, I, I really want to hi- highlight that about you is like you're very helpful um, you're, you're just there you're, I think that that's awesome like I said I don't know much about you but what I do know about you is is awesome I think you're a good person and so before now I think we can jump back into the culture and like like Chris was saying you know a lot of songs yeah you know a lot of our culture songs and um, you know pretty much probably all our <laughs> most of our ceremony songs <laughs> that you could think of and uh, I think guys like you are going to be one of the reasons why our culture lives on you know yeah definitely you're gonna yeah. you're gonna pass it down you're gonna teach more people um, what do you how do you feel about passing it on do you are there people that you're taking under your wing right now to share share your culture and your songs your knowledge with um yeah i mean but i just kind of invite invite everybody in i mean i don't go and try to leave somebody out from singing and wanting to learn i mean once you learn it kind of just sticks with you and you just gradually i mean just start enjoying it i mean yeah um I, I like that about you that um, you're always inviting people in because, you know, sometimes I kind of get the feeling like there, there are certain people that I, I'm not um, too crazy to ask for help from, um, but you're definitely one of those guys I, can, I feel like I can almost like ask for anything, <laughs> you know, just send you a text and be like, hey, uh, you know, I want to get into maybe like I want to learn some songs. Can you, can you show me some songs? And I, you'd probably tell me, yeah, come by this week or I'm busy tomorrow, but come by Wednesday, yeah. you know, so... I hope you keep that up. I hope you keep um, just trying to pass on our culture. And uh, what um, before we get too far into like any other subjects right now, tomorrow, um, speaking of culture, we have a big blessing going on. Um, yes. Can you tell us a little bit about what the blessing is for? The blessing, when we got hired, was for the coronavirus, not to come on to the reservation to keep some of our our elders from, I guess, getting it. Yeah. Because our, our elders, our children are, are a big big part of our reservation. So, I mean, that's kind of what, what that's for, is just try to try to keep it on the boundaries of, of, our, of our tribe. Okay, that's awesome. Um, you were talking about, like, uh, you have a... We're going to do war dancing tomorrow also, right? Yes, we got hired to do war dancing. We're going to start about 4.30, 5, 5-ish, I'm right in there. So and there there might be a few people who um, don't know the difference between um, like our war dancing and like our ceremonial dances. Um, so tomorrow, the war dance, why are we going to have the war dance? Is, uh-huh. it, is, it just, is it just like we're just going to add another measure in, just... Um, as a part of the blessing, I believe or? so. But I mean, it still comes with prayer. You still, you still, you're still constantly praying. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, like, I guess with the coronavirus, you do the war dance to um, chase all the bad things off. I mean, like, we're like in a spiritual like, war right now huh, with yeah. this virus, pretty much. It makes yeah, sense. You know? Okay. I mean, like back in the day, our warriors used to go out and fight. They used to use this dance to. For them to come back to 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 their families and yeah, the the coronavirus has people 
up in arms. Like I've, um, I was talking with my wife about this the other day. I remember we had when the swine flu came in. I feel like the the swine flu had a. I could be wrong about this, but I feel like it took a greater toll on our U.S. population yeah. than our coronavirus has. Yeah. But um, today we're seeing shelves being wiped. Where yeah. There's no toilet paper. Yeah. There are no. There's no groceries on the shelves. It's crazy. I, I hope I don't offend anybody by saying this, but I think it's all bullcrap. I think the media is just making it more. They're trying to scare us for some reason. Oh yeah. You know, I personally don't know anybody who's gotten coronavirus. You know. Yeah. And um, I just think it's all propaganda. There's something bigger. They're just trying to scare us. Yeah. And what I would say to everybody out there is, you don't got to be scared. You don't don't live in fear. You know, live, live be guided by love, not fear. That's what I would say. Right. Right. You know, we don't got to be scared of nothing. It's a it's a crazy thing like to think about. Um, there's there's cons- this thing is so big that it's got conspiracies tied into it. Yeah. It's got um, even if it is like a, a straight on like a legit fire- virus, no conspiracies, not something by the media. You got to think about the um, the sp- the size of the the problem that it's traveled all the way from from China. Yeah. And it's made it into everyone's backyard. And, yeah, it hasn't made it. I don't know anyone personally that that's gotten it either yeah. but i mean i believe it's a real virus but i just don't believe it's as bad as they're trying to make it you know oh you know what okay I mean? yeah. yeah you think it's, the media is blowing it up yeah they're blo- they're trying to scare us with it yeah, yeah. like doing a little bit of control mm-hmm. that's <laughs> yeah. what i think <laughs> yeah well um right now it seems like it's working because there's <laughs> there's yeah. no everyone is scared yeah. even in las cruces there's nothing on the shelves um, it's and all the stores are starting to take um, precautionary measures. And not 20, Walmart's not twenty four hours. Yeah. They're trying to limit people on how much toilet paper they can take. And water's crazy. I mean, <laughs> you can't <laughs> find water nowhere. Yeah, and then but is there any water at the travel store? Um, <laughs> I don't know. There might be. <laughs> There's always water in the creek. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, growing up, I mean, we used to just drink out of the water hose. Right. And, Walking in the hills, you drink right. from a spring, looking for horns or something, and I mean, there, there we go. Now we're talking about good stuff. This is the this is the stuff that excites me. Um, when you're growing up, time was different. Yeah. I don't want to put in, put your age out there to everybody, but <laughs> I know you're a little bit older than me. Yeah. After you graduated, um, you went to Redoso, right? Yeah, I went to Redoso for. Till I was a junior, then I transferred over to uh, Mescalero. Oh, so you graduated in Mescalero? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And you said you played basketball that whole time, huh? Yeah, played a lot of basketball. Why did you transfer from Redosa to Mescalero? Um, I got in trouble. Ah, <laughs> so, so. Oh, we know I had to. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. You know, that's um, a huge reason also for making the podcast is, you know, there's a lot of people out there who kind of feel like they might have a past too, but yeah. everybody has a past, yeah. you know. But I'm really focused on who we're trying to be tomorrow and stuff, so don't be ashamed about that the <laughs> past, you know. Uh, Mescalero's a good school now. We're growing. Now, though, yeah. right? Yes. And you, you send your daughter to Mescalero, right? Yeah. Are you very proud of her for, for them winning the state championship? Yeah, I'm actually very proud of her. I mean, she didn't get to play in the state tournament because she ended up um, probably tearing her ACL and stuff, but oh. I mean, it was just a big accomplishment. She t- she did help help oh, the yeah. team before that, and definitely and so got them over there. To yeah. be a part of something big like that yeah. is 
incredible, man. Um, we we have the first state championship girls team Mescalero Apache tribe. Yeah. That is so <clears throat> freaking amazing. And last year when they went to state, she actually um, she could have won it for them, and she I ended remember. up missing yeah. the freaking free throw. But she got them to overtime. You know? Yeah, she got them yeah. to overtime. Yeah, so. she did. Yeah, yeah. So that was awesome. And she's still yeah. what junior or sophomore? Uh, she's a sophomore. Yeah. So she so. still has two more years. When know? she was yeah. in that situation, how old was she? When she um, had to make that one more really free a, throw, a freshman. She, she was fourteen. Okay, yeah. so she's fourteen yeah. years old, a freshman in high school. Yes. And she has to make the winning free throw. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> poor I mean, kid, in man. In front of thousands of people, too. Oh, my gosh. This poor girl. But you know what? She's probably going to grow from that a lot. Yeah. She's probably going to learn tremendously from that experience. And then they come back, and then she win, or they win. They win as a team. But they all win the the state championship. She was a part of it. Um, and And it's not just... You know about the starting five or whatever yeah. it's in that championship goes for all the girls on the bench she goes for everybody that didn't get to play much or didn't play at all if you're part of that team you know that that championship belongs to you too you know you're there for all the practices you're wearing that chief's jersey yeah and that chief's jersey's a proud thing to to be wearing right now because guess what we're number one number one in the state two eight yeah so congratulations to all yeah, that. Yeah, definitely congratulations to all the Lady Chiefs yeah, out there. Big exactly. accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. They made history. And the boys made history, yeah, too, they, this yeah, year. Yeah, they sure did. I mean, oh, they, man. They, they came a long ways. I mean, I would, my blood, just thinking about it right now, I'm getting all pumped up thinking about all the basketball games that everyone's been playing. Um, that game where the boys won by one in Mesilla Valley, that game was crazy. It's one of the craziest games I've ever witnessed for uh, maybe all of basketball. Yeah. That uh, I don't know if you were at that game, Lee. No, but I, I was actually watching it live. Oh yeah, or you, but you saw it, right? Yeah. It's crazy, man. That winning basket, um, every everything about that game was intense. And but the the boys did a great job too, you know, winning state and stuff. But um, can you think like uh, the, the 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 type of talent that we got going through our um, our school system right now is awesome man yes, it is. you know even even when i was in high school i thought i was a stud but i wasn't good enough to get us to a state championship and here i am thinking like i'm like the the next kobe at that age but <laughs> didn't get nowhere yeah. near the state championship these kids come in sleepers and then guess what they're 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 winning games you yeah. know so um back to back to you with uh after you so what what grade were you when you went to mescalero um, I was a junior. You're a junior. Yeah. And then you finished out with the basketball team there. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, the new school wasn't built yet, though, was it? No, no, it no. wasn't. We were, we were actually um, in port portable trailers there. Yeah. Yeah. The by the empowerment building. Yeah. Where the empowerment building is now. Yeah. yeah. How was it going to school there? Um. It's. It was a different environment, I guess, going from a bigger school to a smaller school to where. You don't have to run to run to your classes. They're just right next door. Yeah. For for anyone listening who doesn't know what we're talking about, um, a long time ago the Mescalero schools, the well the high schools, and yeah even the even the elementary schools were kind of kind of janky. We had some old like portable buildings. Um, all the equipment that we had was old. Um, everything about it was like um, it was down in the middle of the reservation, and these portables were just just that a bunch of portable buildings all put together and they made a high school it wasn't very big wasn't nice at all there was there were no nice facilities there but um now 
Our Mescalero school systems have an amazing school. Yes, I don't do. know. I don't know how we got the got that pulled off, but I'm sure glad we did because that facility is nice. Everything about that school is nice. The gym, the basketball gym, the track, the football field, the training facilities. It's incredible. It's it's a it's a good day to be a chief, man. Yeah. Nice facility. We're state champs. So if anyone's thinking about making the move, today's the day. Yeah. Get you on get on a state champ team. Yeah. After you um you graduated high school, what what did you end up doing? Um, I actually started working for the inn. I mean, just then I had um, had my son filming, so I kind of had to had to go to work to support him and. So you grew up fast? Yeah. Yeah, you had to grow up quick. As soon as you graduated, you went right to work? Huh? Yeah. Well, no, actually, I actually um, started doing firefighting. Mm-hmm. And after that, I mean, it was just kind of a se- seasonal job, so I had to find something that I can get a paycheck every two weeks. So I started, came here, worked at the inn for a while. And now I'm with the tribe now, with tribal maintenance. How many, um, how many children do you have? I actually have three children. Okay. I have my oldest son filming. He's 19. I have my my daughter Pearl. She's 15, and I have my baby uh, Paisley, which is um, 13. Um, are you? Do you try to keep them involved with our culture, like the way you are? Yes. Yep. Yes. They they're really involved. Actually, my daughters will be having their 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 ceremony this year in um, the first weekend in September. How do you keep them interested? Like, and in how do you keep them going? Because some some kids I know they might not even want to be involved in their culture; they're just bored or whatever. How do you keep? How are you interested? And how did you keep your kids interested? Um, like I said, um, it kind of just rubs friends in the blood, I guess. And yeah. Then if you're interested, you're you're gonna keep going and going. I mean, I mean, like like with me, I I like to go and go on the outsides of the reservation and we go and perform out there and yeah I, I just try to I don't know it's kind of hard to say I guess I mean didn't you all make a CD with uh, another group from <laughs> a, another Apache reservation yes we did we actually made a CD with his name was um, Joe Tahani Jr. Joe Tahani Jr. yeah, yeah I remember uh, that CD yeah, that, that was, was awesome that was long that was a while back <laughs> was like 2008 probably think so yeah is there a way we can get that cd or still hear it um i actually haven't seen that cd in a long time oh really yeah oh man yeah you gotta dig it up we gotta (laughs) post it somewhere yeah that'd be awesome we're actually gonna try to make one here with with chris yeah Uh, we, we we started it we just haven't finished it yet. Wow. Oh, you guys are going to post it um, like YouTube or iTunes all, or something? All lo- on iTunes, yeah. yeah. Oh, we're trying to make awesome. Platinum. <laughs> when, I was, when I was in Afghanistan, I was trying to look up, because I just got so homesick, and I was trying to re- look up a bunch of just Apache songs just to hear it, you know? Because yeah. when, you, when you're there, you, you try to look for every little way to connect with home. Sometimes you get so lonesome, and um, I made it to one of those MWR places where... I think we were traveling like to or from Afghanistan and I was trying to like just download anything from the Mescalero Apache tribe and eventually I just got fed up and I was like it's not the same oh. <laughs> I need someone to put some feast smoke in like a bottle and send it to <laughs> me <laughs> open it and put it on my sweat <laughs> and I need Lee to record me some tracks <laughs> here's your little your feast uh, remembrance kit <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. That, so. that first song we recorded the other day, that was an Apache War Dance song, correct? Yes, yes, it was. So what's what's the difference, like, because uh, we recorded, the first try, we recorded like 12, right? Yeah, that one was some, some social singing. That was a lot of a lot of round dance songs. Okay. And so what exactly is, is social social singing mean? Um, it kind of, you involve more more of the people to come out and dance. I okay. Mean, like like the war dance, you, you have the the warriors that are dressed up yeah. ready to go to battle and you have the ladies on the outside which when back when they were fighting the, the ladies actually had to stay back and fight pr- protect their family their kids yeah I mean it wasn't just the, the warriors going out to go and fight they, they were all all involved I mean they had to they had to keep camp and protect their camp while, while their men were out fighting as uh-huh. well yeah uh-huh. That's awesome. That's what I love about our culture. We involve the women in the in the war dance songs. And yeah, our women were warriors too. Yeah. yeah. How many different songs do you know? Do you think? Um. Probably know a lot. I mean, like of course, hundreds from our, or fifty, twenty. Well, I sing war dance, and I sing for for the night for for a Gaya. Yeah, and then we sing the social singing, which is round dance, the back and forth. Um, I actually sing powwow as well. I sing with with the the, the southern drum, which um, I sing gore dance as well. So yeah, a lot of songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's going to be hard to right now. We'll, this podcast is going to. Um, more i think it's going to be more listened to by the community but we try mm-hmm. to say we try to stay cognizant that you know even i have some military friends that are probably going to listen to this too just because they're going to want to follow what i'm doing so i try to um just put it in words like all right for those that might not know what this is but it's going to be it's going to be tough to try to stay on track because we have so many songs for so many different events or yeah, we do. situations you know there are songs for blessings there are there are war dance apache war dance songs there are social songs where everyone's um, involved and you know we have what's you know like your back and forth and your round dance songs and um so there's there's a, a special a certain song for each um occasion or each each dance and um you pretty much know almost all of them you know yeah. <laughs> you know you and that's and that's pretty neat and um, that's why I wanted to highlight what you're doing in the community, and I think it's awesome. And if if no one's told you by now, um, I want me and Chris wanted to just point it out, like, hey, yeah. man, you're doing a great job. Definitely. And Thank you. I really, I really hope that you you just continue to um, be a leader in our community like this, because in these new times, like especially now, look at we're talking into these like microphones, and they're plugged into these computers, and um, this technology and stuff, but you know we have guys like you who have taken the time and spent um, the energy to to be involved with our community and our culture the way you do, yeah. and it's very important for us Apache people. Um, me and Chris had a conversation on another podcast where we're talking about you know one of our goals is to become fluent in Apache because our language is dying and stuff, and and um, and I want to do it and just because I'm afraid of Mescalero losing its culture, you yes. know, and um, and I hope that once I'm done with college, I can, I can make that happen. But guys like you, you know, 
you're going to be the main you're going to be really one of the main reasons why our culture stays alive because you're highly involved in it and you're welcoming in people to come learn it with you and like i said i can't say it enough like that's very very important for our people um i don't know how you guys feel about it but i have like such a strong emotional connection with the fact that we need to keep our culture alive and i'm not here doing it i'm not the guy that's um leading the way with this and but i i do want to get more involved because i'm afraid i'm afraid that one day we might not have all these things and all this knowledge and so i'm gonna we're us younger people we're gonna have to lean on on people like you you know with all these questions and, and advice and and um, just learn from you guys as much as we can and uh, I can't say enough I can't yeah. you know mm-hmm. keep 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 it up keep doing what you're doing um, I don't know if you have anything to add to that Chris before yeah you. definitely it's people like you that keep our tribe uh, alive you know and um, we just appreciate you for doing that and and um, keeping the culture going because um, I'm not really involved, involved in it there's probably some things you could teach me uh, a lot of things you could probably teach me about it because um but what's your favorite part? What what do you like? What do you like to do? What's your favorite part about it? Um, just sing. I mean, I I love to sing. I mean, you always see me out there singing. And yeah, it feels good when you have a lot of people singing with you. It makes your heart feel good. I mean, it makes you want to keep on singing and keep pushing and pushing. And especially when you see some of these the the younger children come out and mm-hmm. trying to sing and and yeah. you have one you always have one little guy there that just like just <laughs> sits there and just <laughs> yes that's the truth and just soaks it all in yes and, and, and that was you before in the past uh, you were that little guy one day you were sitting yeah. in the dirt with you your Kool-Aid stains yeah. and your <laughs> boiled meat and your bread <laughs> <laughs> you know remember I always tell you I have a freak freakishly weird memory I can remember things from way back uh-huh. and I have a memory about you and we were at the feast at, uh, you, when you were at Klipaye this was a long time ago and I remember me and my older brother Frizzell we were walking around at the feast we must have been I must have been maybe 8 years old 6 I don't know yeah and then you're but you're actually pie and me and me and uh, frizzell walked up to you and you're like you were just got done dancing and you're breathing hard and you're like oh hey frizzell, frizzell can you go get me a coke <laughs> <laughs> and then you went and you gave him 75 cents and we went and got you a coke i don't know if you remember that at all <laughs> that no, was way. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how long you've been involved in it you know like yeah. you went from clipaya to where you are now yeah. just a little kid and then now you know you're you're a strong leader in the community um, people don't understand. I don't think people really understand like the energy that it takes to be involved the way you are. You're you're pretty much at all the events, and um, I think like as far as the community goes, like before I knew you, like even pe- if we're having a discussion about some kind of cultural event like that, um, your name just comes up. It naturally comes up in conversations, you know, and um, just because people know you, you know, you you play ball in the community. You're involved all the time, and you're just you're just there, and so I'm not trying to put any pressure on you, but you know you're you're a popular person, and um, if anybody out there is looking for has any questions, like you know you're approachable, like they, yeah. you know they can ask you and stuff. So um, I appreciate that personality that that you have, uh, and then also another I don't know if we're ready to move on from from culture a little bit. Um, 
Unless you have anything got, more to oh, add. Well, this is pretty, kind of with culture, but how was it being on the big screen? How was it doing Cowboys in it versus oh, Aliens? Oh, that's right. You were involved. <laughs> Talk a little about that. Yeah. You were involved with Cowboys yeah. and what was the movie called? Cowboys versus Aliens? Cowboys versus Cow- Aliens. Cowboys and Aliens. And Aliens. Talk about yeah. that. How, how was that wait, experience? How, how crazy is it that we, a long time ago when you were a kid and you're asking for Frizzell to buy you Coke with that 75 cents, <laughs> you, thought, you, you looked into the future and someone told you you're going to be in a movie called Cowboys versus Aliens. That's a that's a crazy. <laughs> yeah, and you it made was, it was actually fun. I mean, I tried so hard looking for you in that movie, by the way. Yeah, just to say I, I mean, knew someone in there. You did, you can see us dancing in mm-hmm. there, and you can hear us singing in there. But it, I don't know. Just one day, Pascal and Jody and Oliver came and approached me and asked if we can um, do war dance in a movie. Mm-hmm. And at the time we didn't know this movie was going to be a big movie we kind of just thought it was like be like a little uh, documentary or yeah, something. yeah. <laughs> then come finding out Harrison Ford Olivia Wiles and all these Daniel Craig these big actors were in there and it was actually pretty neat I mean they, they took us to Santa Fe we filmed in Santa Fe and then for the singing part um, they actually took me and my brother um, Caleb up there to go singing um Hollywood. So we wow. we stayed in Hollywood for for I think about a week and Was that your first time in Hollywood? Yeah. Yeah. I mean just to be catered and be like I mean it it, it was pretty awesome. Was it they actually like catered to you and stuff and yeah. tr- and treated you well and yes. gave you that Hollywood treatment? Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah. It was, Dang, it that's was, cool. It was actually for uh, for anyone listening who hasn't seen the movie, there I remember it pretty vividly. There there's a scene in there where where y'all are out in the desert. And I believe it's at night, and um, you guys are sitting around. Is it? It's, it is at night, right? Yeah. It, okay. It was at the night. scene takes place at whenever everyone's sitting around at night, and there's a group of um, group of natives. Uh, they're they're singing, and uh, I don't know how long the scene actually is. It's um, a good like it, cu- couple minutes. It five, is. Yeah. They actually have us dancing. And to, you can see you in there. Yeah. You can you can see you real good with the drum and mm-hmm. everything. But yeah, so watch the movie Cowboys vs. Aliens, and mm-hmm. you can see um, Lee Lee Pike in there. Um, Philip, I guess. <laughs> did they give you a script weird. or anything? To, did you know what the movie was even about, or how did that go? Um, yeah, they actually sent paperwork and kind of told us what what the movie was about and uh-huh. what's going to go on and stuff. And yeah. So I mean, it, like I said, it, it it was something different. I mean, just to go out there and be part of something that big yeah uh, when you're on set were they like action yeah like, I mean you, we actually just that little scene that we did with the dancing part I think we did we ran that over and over and over I mean probably about 20 times we, we wow. went over <laughs> how many days were you, were you up there in Santa Fe um I think we were there about it was kind of off and on uh-huh. I mean the, the parts that we did maybe a week and then they'll call us back next week and then we'll, we'll have to go back up there and yeah. shoot again and but yeah it, it was pretty awesome <laughs> when did you finally see the whole premiere when um, it was all done and everything let's see was it in the um, movies with everybody else or was it like, yeah, yeah yeah actually um, I think Pasco got his tickets uh-huh. Like for the premiere, and 
let let all our family members go in and watch it first. So, yeah. How sure. did that feel being on the big? Kind of weird, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> but it was like I'm here. All these people are going to be be uh, watching us. So yeah, yeah. That's uh, awesome. What what I noticed about you is like you're you're not the first person to try try to jump into the the spotlight. You know, even even asking you to get on this podcast. You were a little like like hesitant about it, and yeah, we were like, "Hey, you know, we're we're just gonna have a conversation and stuff." But, um, and then now talking about you being on the big screen, but I'm glad you're making the moves. You know, we need we need to hear what you have to say, and we need to hear your songs, even if it's through a movie. You know, um, did you get to meet uh, Harrison Ford or Olivia yeah. Wilde or any of them? Yeah, we got to meet them, and actually, when we were on set, when we were going to eat, we would. Um, bring us that they would bring us all into a tent and they'll feed us in there and i mean all the big actors were sitting around and one day they were like let's go sing some songs and so we sat on this on one side of the tent and we were singing and um adam beach came in and he was sitting there like all amazed on how we were singing and kept 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 wanting wanting us to sing but it was just for lunch like 30 minutes but it was pretty amazed. I mean, yeah. just to hear a different side of, um, I guess, the Apache world. I guess. Yeah, and well, a lot of um, people that know me, even like some of my military friends. I when I was in Afghanistan, I took a copy of Smoke Signals with me, <laughs> and I made some of my closest friends watch it, and they were like, "This movie is awful." I was like, "You shut your mouth." <laughs> <laughs> what you did everyone, everyone told me how bad my movie was and I was like you'll watch every minute of this movie with me <laughs> and so now there's a couple of my friends in the in the army we have like inside jokes with but um, smoke signals man if I could meet Adam Beach and then I don't know the guy's name who plays, plays Thomas but <laughs> I'd like to meet those two so um, get in another movie and then just call me up you know? <laughs> but yeah that's pretty cool that you you got to do that and oh yeah I kind of lost my train of thought earlier I was saying um, people don't know how much energy it takes like for you to be involved with all these things like even to just be um, be in the movie you know you all the time and stuff you have to put in to uh, make our Apache songs sound right and you know they got real Apaches to be on there and sing the songs you know you had to give your time to that and then what I was trying to get at earlier I don't know how I forgot this but um, you seem to like somehow be stretched thin all the time like there's been a few times when I've called you for for something, and you're like, "Man, I'm I'm booked. Like uh, every weekend from here on out, like I don't have any time because you're just involved with so many things." Um, do you ever get like overwhelmed, or do you ever feel like there's not enough time to? Because you're the guy. Like you know, people just call me all the time. They need help. You yeah. know, um, not really. I mean, sometimes it kind of gets stressful. But mm-hmm. thanks to all my family, my brothers. I mean, well, I call but all my dancers and my singers all we all call each other's brothers i mean if it wasn't for them it probably would be stressful they show up I every mean, time i mean all i do is send a, a big group message out to all of them telling them we have we're singing here or we're dancing here and i mean they're always there they're always right there when when um i send that message out and i mean if if it wasn't for them it it would be stressful. I mean, they they make this whole whole deal so much easier. Yeah, and that's what that's also what I like about you. You know, you're always like, you know, saying like it's not just me. You know, it's it's a team effort. It's a group effort. 
I got my brothers here to help me with this because it does. I see you. I see you. You know, you're you're always busy. You and your you and your group. You guys are always out there. You guys are always working. You guys are always putting in that time, and it takes time away from a lot of things that you know you'd want to do. But that just shows how how important a lot of this um, culture is to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whenever you were, whenever you were even like a teenager, and your head was other places, were you even? Were you still this involved at that age? Yes, I was. I, yeah. I mean, like I said, through my whole life, I was I was always involved mm-hmm. in our traditional things, our, our culture. I mean, there was times that I wanted to go play softball or go play in a basketball tournament, but my, my, my grandpa was always pushing me, no, you can't, you can't. Well, he was the boss, so. Yeah. I mean, and that's great. That's awesome. You, you look at that too. You know, you had that in your in your life. You had some type of family to keep you keep you driven into your culture like that. And um, my family wasn't that way. You know, I don't know what type of life I would have had if, if I had that type of influence in my life. So, um, is that is that the type of um, leadership that you provide to your children? You try to make them be there, or do you try to give um, a balance? Or I I guess I just. I just asked them. Mm-hmm. I mean, but but they're always willing to come out and help, and just always there. It seems like you more lead by like example mm-hmm. than telling them what to do. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen you like really too mad or yelling at anyone about anything, and that's what makes you approachable. You know, there's guys that are at some of these these feasts or these events, and there's guys that are kind of uh, aggressive and they don't seem approachable for that reason they're pointing here and yelling at people for this and telling people what to do here i've never seen you kind of that way you know yeah and and i think that's what i like about you i'm i'm more receptive to someone who who leads by example the way you do you're more like i'll, I'll rather do it and show you and um you know I'll, i've seen you move and work and and get your hands dirty and not tell anyone really what to do, and people just kind of follow you. It kind of seems like you have like um, like a a style of leadership that's that people like me can appreciate. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just I hope that you continue that, and because it seems to be effective, it seems like the people that are working with you want to follow you for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> I'd like to highlight that um, you have you have a leadership personality. It's not like like I said, the yelling type, but it's it's a it's more relaxed if I can put it that way. Yeah. Were you um were you always like docile in that in that fashion or, or were you were you raised by somebody was your grandfather like strict and he yelled or where um, did you pick up your he, he, he was pretty strict. He was strict. I mean but I mean I guess just coming through the years you I mean, if you're gonna try to force somebody to do something, they're they're not gonna do it. Yeah. I mean, you have to ask in a good way. You have patience. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah you have a level of patience. And uh, I don't know if you have any more on on, um, on culture, but I wanted um, to highlight another. Yeah. Go ahead. Subject here. Um, so something that stood out to me almost as equally, like I was mentioning before, is like when I called you to ask for um, help with processing my animal. And to me, that was so. I don't. Even, I want to make sure that I, I built this up 
like in 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 a way where it's going to hit people's ears and it's going to mean something because uh, for me hunting is very important in my life um especially right now we've got the coronavirus going on and there's not really much protein left on the shelves and i was making a joke to you on the phone earlier i was like us hunters got it covered like don't worry (laughs) yeah and um it's like times I, I love hunting. I love the nature of hunting. I love um, the act of hunting. I love the animal. Uh, I have a lot of respect for my animals. And with that being said, I wanted to learn how to process them myself. If I was going to be able to take that life out there and show my kid how to hunt and have him respect his animals, I wanted to be able to teach, show him, you know, as his father, as his dad, that I wanted to be his leader and show him how to process his own animal when he's when he's an adult and so when I wanted to pick this skill up of being able to process I first I called I think I might have called the hunting lodge and I kind of got I don't want to put anyone on blast with what I'm saying but um, I they were like a little too busy to have me in you know and that place is always slammed with animals they've yeah. got animals hanging all the time so I'm not knocking on them for not having you know the time to show me and so I, I ran into a dead in there, um, and then I asked, I asked uh, my, my uncle Gabe, but he had just gotten sick, and he was in no condition to be showing me at that time when I wanted to learn. And um, he was, he even was like, yeah, go ahead and bring it by, but I didn't want to put that type of work on him because it's a lot of work. Yes. And so I was trying to keep him out of it. Uh, he was going to be my last resort. And um, even <laughs> another thing he told me was like, I know how to do it, but it's been a while, so <laughs> I was like, I got you. So I kind of knew I was going to get one of his methods of, he's got a way of figuring it out, you know. And I was kind of looking for someone who's um, was a little more fresh on it, and I told him, I said, let me let me ask around, and if I can't find anyone, I'll come back. So, And everyone else that I've asked just didn't have the time because it's, it's, a, it's, a, huge, it's, a, it's a huge task to do is to butcher an entire elk. You know, bull elk get up to uh, like 700 pounds, and yeah. cow elk get up to 500 pounds, and um, give or take. But you know, those animals are huge, and they they don't happen uh, very quickly. <laughs> it's a long process. And uh, finally, like I said, I, I remember having a conversation with you. You picked up the phone, and you're like, "I'll do it. Let's go." And just like that, um, I had killed a bull elk, yes, big old yes. giant yeah. bull elk, and I was like. I need you like to, right now and you're like what and I was like dude I need help now I need to get this elk back to Las Cruces I got a final coming up in two days I need to be studying and you're like alright let's do it you're right you just jumped up and you got you got out of your couch and um, we went down to uh, to Denise's house Denise and Llewellyn and shout out to them also for helping um, and, and loaning me their house but you're like down there we have all my equipment my, my grinders down there my knives are down there let's go and we just went down there you had so much patience about it and you showed me how to do take care of this task of, of uh, you showed me how to quarter all the pieces you showed me where all each muscle group went you showed me um how to put it in the packages and tape the packages and um, we were labeling them and that that we had how many people working on it that day Dang, it was like was, four or five of us yeah it was about five of us we got it all done that that evening actually yeah i think it took us what six hours yeah like five or six hours yeah and our hands were tired and everything and what i was i was so grateful um, for you guys' time and for your energy to be able to give up your whole evening like that and you guys um you were 
you got right to work. As soon as I laid that animal, then you had so much patience with me. You showed me countless times on what muscle group went where and what to remove from the from the meat. And by the end of the night, I had all my elk meat into nice little packages in my in my cooler, and I took it home to feed my family. And number one, that process alone was very important to me because that skill that I learned, I'm going to be able to teach my family that now, and I'm going to be able to pass that skill on. That's a huge skill to learn. Like yeah. that is a such that is such a huge accomplishment to be able to learn how to how to process your own animal, and on many levels of survival or saving money or just feeling accomplished because not only did you shoot your own animal but you put it into packages yourself and now your family is literally living off of your work. You know, and so um, all of it, all of the task uh, was was important to me. And uh, I really do appreciate your your willingness to help because you didn't really, at the time, you didn't really know me that well. No, I didn't. <laughs> and it's because of that night that I've always been um, so fond of you and, and your personality, the patience you had for me. And, uh, and I, and I kind of thought of it this way. I was thinking, you know, for a guy who doesn't really know me too well, he was sure willing to um, help someone in his community. And I wanted to highlight... Um, and act like that. That's that's the type of thing that I, I love to see in our in our small community during times of. Um, I we talk about this a lot, me and Chris. You know, there's there's a lot of negativity going on in our community, especially with social media, and and it kind of seems almost um, you get tired of looking at it. Like if you scroll on Facebook, your eyes are literally almost tired of looking at negative things. Yes. But then. There's hope, you know. Like I said, you had, you were some guy. You wanted to help someone in your community, and you did it. And it was me. And now I'm I'm able. I have this podcast. Me and Chris are running this podcast, yeah. and we get to highlight people like that, people like you that are willing to put yourselves out there and help others. And so, thank you again for for being able to teach me that skill. And you took the time. That's the biggest thing. And thank you for your patience and and everything. Uh, was that that past grateful. November when you guys did that? Mm, um, not last year, but the year before. Yeah, because last year I was showing off. I was sending them pictures <laughs> of all my packages. I was like, "Check it out, man! I don't need you no more." And have, <laughs> have you always packaged your own meat? Yes. Where did uh, you learn that from? Um, actually, just I don't know. I mean, just growing up with it. I mean, yeah, I was. I've <laughs> always seen my grandfather and grandma and them always do it themselves. Yeah. I mean. Have you ever took it to the to the big game or Trevitsky? Um, I think I did it once, but wow. I mean, I mean, like back in the day, I mean, you actually really didn't have. I mean, that they would give you like two, three deer permits, and those were actually free when 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 you were well when I was growing up. Uh huh. And now you have to wait, maybe who knows how long to get drawn for a deer here under reservation. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been drawn. Time. I've never been down for a deer. Yeah. Um, with, uh, so you've been hunting since you were, what, just barely learning to walk? Mm. You just went with your, your grandpa. Yeah, you must have, right? Yeah. You we, were going out with him. Used to always go out with him. They'll load up the truck and we'll go out and... How old were you when you when you had your first kill? Um, I think I was... Probably about 10 years old, I believe, when I first shot my first deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from 10, you're just you're on your own hunting and 
making your own kills since then, huh? Yeah. And so from since 10, you, you probably killed at least one or two a year, right? Yeah, pretty you much. Because you yeah. can do a cow elk at least and, and get elk. And then so from 10 to, we'll say you're 25. <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for 15 years, you know, that's at least 30 animals right there. Yeah. And then, you know know how old you really are but i'm not going to date you right now <laughs> but that's that's awesome you've got all that experience and you're willing to you're willing to share it so and like i said it's those kinds of it's those kinds of people that i want to put on this podcast and just let let the community know like hey you know um there there's good things happening out there in the world and and i want to highlight that chris wants to highlight yeah. that uh, me and chris are on um we're on a strong path right now to highlight good things that people are doing and stuff so um how long we been? How long we been on this already? Uh, it feels like we've only been talking for like ten minutes. I think it's forty. Forty minutes. Yeah, looks like I think so. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you have any more for him or? Um, yeah, I got a lot, but um, I don't know where to start. Stay. <laughs> <laughs> stay here all night. If you got any more for him, I'll. I'll well, just just the music. Um, what do those songs mean to you? Those songs mean the world to me. I mean, they're. They've been handed down from generation to generation to generation. Yeah. I mean, just knowing that some of our elders that have gone, our ancestors used to be singing these songs and yeah, praying with these songs. And I mean, they. Do you have a favorite song that no. you like to sing? No, <laughs> no I don't. <laughs> What's I mean, the difference between a powwow, powwow, and uh, like our social songs? Maybe just uh, the drum. I mean, the drum—it's—it's mm. it's a lot bigger. And, yeah. I mean, and with with our tradition, we have the the little can that we hold the drumstick. And, yeah, I know ours sounds like a lot more unique than other tribes because other tribes they have this like chants. That's what it sounds like to me. But ours actually have um, words like verses. I, I, don't, I guess I don't know if I say chorus and verses. That's what it, yeah. it sounds. It sounds like like the the breakdown like. Um, with the way it starts, yeah. Then, yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. It's almost put together, kind of like um, like one of today's songs. Yep. Like a like a standard song, like you hear on the radio. Yeah. Um, is that like? Do you feel that way about it? Like there's like verse and chorus to the songs. Um. That there is. Yeah. I mean, like especially with with the crown dancers. I mean, yeah, you, you have to sing a certain verse when you go to a, a certain direction. So. I was kind of thinking about that today, like how blessed we are to be able to talk to you about our culture and that you're, and even ask you on here because um, I was thinking about a lot of the other cultures, you know, like you don't really see Vikings or like you don't really see like like the Mongolian culture or yeah. anything like, maybe I could be wrong, but I, I don't really see them yeah. practicing their cultures the way we do. There yeah. are so many cultures that just died out, Yeah, but we're still trying to live live strong and keep ours alive. Despite what um, what our people have been through in the past, you know, I did a, a reading one time, and it was saying that we were, the Mescalero Apache weren't even supposed to be in these mountains um, because uh, at the time they were more like what would you say, like farmers, and until they had to go to war and you know deal with the government, and after all said and done, the government placed the Mescalero Apache in these mountains. And because the government had no interest in these mountains, the the conditions were harsh. The weather's were harsh. I mean, the weather was harsh. The seasons were 
were just as hard. You know, everything about it, it, it was a hard place to live. But um, the Mescalero Apache made it their home, and now we have this beautiful land, and we're still thriving with our culture, singing our songs, um, we're having our ceremonies, and that's huge. Yes. We can't lose that, you know. Um, like I was saying, like my friend, he was telling me in the army, he's like, you know, it's kind of sad. You know, we don't have. Uh, like Vikings and stuff, practicing any ceremonies or doing any songs and stuff. So we're pretty we're pretty fortunate to have guys like you yeah. leading the way. Is there a story behind each song? Yes, they they, they, all, they all have a, a meaning to them. But what what's is there any story that you could tell the people out there? I know the story of how our how our crown dancers came about on our reservation here. Um, the way I was told by my grandfather was that these band of warriors were were getting chased by the cavalry. Yeah. So when when they were getting chased, um, it started getting dark. They they had a a blind man, a crippled man, and a very sick man on their 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 war party. Yeah. So as the night came about, they um, kind of had a meeting about it and said these these three men or these three warriors are holding us back. So what they did was they they went and um, put them inside of a cave. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they put them inside of a cave. They closed it with the, a big boulder. And they were like, as soon as we're done with being chased, we'll um, come come back for you. They'd left them with a the supply of food, water. And as as the night came about, when, when the the blind man, the crippled man, the very sick man um, came about. They they started hearing like a weird sound, like a raindrop sound, mm-hmm. and which which was the 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 jingles from from the crown dancers. Yeah. And so as the night progressed, there was a a bright light that came in, and these four four figures came came out of that light which which were the crown dancers yeah. and uh, and uh, the Lepaya. Mm-hmm. They came about and they 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 told these the Lepaya went went to the to these men told them we're, we're here to help you guys, we're here to heal you guys. Mm-hmm. So as it went on, song came about, the the blind men, that song came, they 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 sang that song and as the the dancers went to touch that blind man, he, he ended up seeing. Yeah. And is that one of the songs you guys, that you guys still sing to? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, for the crippled man, they they did the same thing. Another song came about. They all went and touched touched the, touched the crippled man, mm-hmm. and boom, he he started to to walk. Yeah. And the same thing with the very sick man. So that morning, as the dancers left, I mean, that that morning they were like, "Well, if if we leave right now from the cave, we can catch up with the band, with the with our with our tribe." Yeah. So so they kind of left and they they caught up with their band and the band of Apaches were like so surprised that. They were. They could see. They could walk. The mm-hmm. guy wasn't sick no more. That's that's kind of the story of um, how how our 
some say dancer mountain gods or crown dancers mm-hmm. are kind yeah and that's that's how that came about yeah and I'm glad you tell that story on here because this is the main one of the main reasons why we have this podcast is because that's why it's called riding on the wall because we want if somebody were to come hundred years from now how would they know about our tribe and I'm glad you tell that story because they can hear it right here you know? yeah and it's it's cool how part of the story you know they're in the they're in the cave and mm-hmm. that's kind of how I feel sometimes whenever we're like I said riding on the wall you know yeah. like we're in a cave and sometime in the future somebody's going to come back and they're going to be able to look at all of our writings on the wall and listen to this podcast and, and they're going to hear your voice in, in generations to come uh, how, how long ago did you did, how long have you known that story um, I've I've known known that story since my whole life I guess I mean from when I could understand it yeah I mean I've, my my grandfather always talked about it and yeah and it and you know basically these um these dancers came into this cave and they healed these three men and after they caught up to the party they told the party um, what had happened and so in honor of those dancers healing them that's where we have our dancers yes. and um, but the way you the way you told it and the reason I'm asking how long ago you, you heard it is because when I heard this I think I was in high school when I was in high school so I graduated from Escalera Apache High School right and one of our classes was Apache class, and I think um, that's where I heard the story first. Was in one of our um, Apache classes that we had, and the way they they told it was literally almost exactly the way you told it. And that's why I'm kind I was kind of curious on how long you held on to that story because you I don't know if you probably didn't hear that story in high school. You've probably known that story for how many years? You know, twenty years at least. You know. Yeah. Just, it's just a story in your head, and it's not something that's written anywhere, I don't think, really. Um, it's something you remembered, and that's why I was kind of curious, because when I heard it in school, it's almost word for word how you said it, and it's kind of cool that you just know it by memorization. And yeah. just it was it's a story you know, and what's fascinating to me is it's that it's a story you know from your childhood. It's something that was taught to you by your, you know, your, your grandfather. Is that story with all the the Apaches, or just us, oh. or just some Mescalero? That's a good question. Do you know? Um, I, I really don't know. Uh, I wonder if, if we're the only tribe that goes, but because well, because you know White River they have crown dancers too, you know. Yeah. yeah. And um, other places, and then even what Pueblos have Coco Peli, Coco Peli, right? So I wonder what's the difference. When I was in the army, people were asking me about. Uh, being Native American and it's so different everywhere. Yes, and is. they were trying to like make me answer these questions and ask if I did this and that. But um, I was trying to explain to them like we're not all the same. And even even um, like you break it down into our group of Apache, who are Apache, but then there's subgroups. There's like different divisions. We're not all the same. Like the Apaches in Arizona, they're different. You said you're San, San Carlos too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know they they might be a little bit different than we are. Mm-hmm. We don't. We're maybe pretty close to the same, but even if you look at their their dancers, they look different than our dancers. Yes, and they do. <laughs> so you know there there is a there is a line. We're not all the same, and it's hard to answer all those those questions. Mm-hmm. And I I thought it was when I was being asked those questions, I kind of thought. Oh man, I really don't know that much. 
<laughs> I just come from this reservation. I never <laughs> thought about <laughs> anything like that, you know. But um, that's good. I, I'm I'm very glad that you're able to share that story. There's um, uh, you know, for people out there listening that aren't from the reservation, um, it's hard for us to talk about these things on the podcast because. Um, we don't want to mess it up. We don't want to get it wrong. For one, know? yes, yeah. and there and there are a lot of things that we're not supposed to to talk yeah, about. Yeah, definitely. And so we got to be careful with that and um, not not cross the line with our culture. We got to keep that division between our our technology and our culture, and we got to keep that divided because a lot of the stuff to to the Mascaro Apache people is, sacred. is very, sacred very sacred and yeah. stuff. So we just got to be careful and stuff like that. So if you're wondering why we're you know, we're, we might not be getting into some of the subjects that you may want to hear. It's it's because of that. So um, we're trying to give what we can, and we're trying to be safe about it, and we're trying not to offend anyone. Um, <clears throat> kind of one of the – maybe this is an issue that you can talk to me about. Um, and I don't know how touchy the subject is, but I noticed, like, today – um, we post like a lot of pictures about our crown dancers, and we take like videos of them, yeah. and it's becoming a common thing. And I remember when I was a little boy, um, my my grandparents would tell me like, "That's not, that's a no no. Like we would never bust out like, a camera and take a picture or, or a video and post it on Facebook." You know. Yeah. You know, I think our culture's changing. Um, do you feel like it's changing? Yeah, I, I believe it is. I mean, that that's how my grandfather would say too I mean don't be taking pictures and but now I mean even if you say don't take pictures people are still are still going to take pictures I mean. how, how do you do you feel about that do you feel like um our culture is changing for the for the better or do you do you feel like it's it's a bad thing or do you are you open-minded to it or how do you feel um Sure, man. Yeah. It's, it's, or do you just kind of play it situation by situation? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's. Because I mean, a lot of things are changing. Yeah. I was looking are. back. I like looking back at um, old pictures of of our Apache people from as early as I can get the pictures, and it seems like you know even a long time ago we weren't decorated with a lot of beads and, and a lot of things. And I look at the I look at some of the artwork on our. You know, on our moccasins and stuff now, we're 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 pretty decorated, and everything. And even just from the pictures, you can tell it's it's different. You know, um, yeah. as even as a culture, we've we've kind of evolved and and we've taken a little bit different shape. And depending on who you talk to, that could be like a real touchy subject, and that could get them fired up. Or um, I think, but for the most part, I think a lot of people have just accepted. You know, we live in a new world now, yeah, you know, and sure this, this is a new time. I've heard some people say um, only tribal members are allowed to take pictures, and um, I guess that's kind of a okay role with me, you know? Yeah. And the, I, the, the, the outside non-tribal members aren't allowed to take pictures, it's just a tribe. But then even some people now to say, that's still not right, nobody should be taking pictures, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. I guess if, to me, it's like, I would say it's okay for tribal members to take pictures, but just be respectful, you know. Yeah. Be respectful of the family and whoever's face it is. Yeah. I mean, still, I mean, you're still gonna get people that take pictures. I mean, you, you can't hide a phone now. I mean, you can hide a phone yeah. rather than like back in the day, you used to have the big cameras to where mm-hmm. you could take pictures. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's just even like on your 
with your iPods and all of that. You can take pictures on those. And yeah. You, you have to think, like, even when we look at the really... Because I, I found some old pictures of, like, ceremonies. Uh-huh. And I was, like, thinking, even back then, somebody had to have taken yeah. that picture yeah. then. Um, but I just, for some reason, I have that memory of being told, like, don't be using your, your camera and take these pictures and stuff, you know. And, uh, and that was about 20 years ago. And now... It seems like a pretty common thing. Everybody's taking pictures and videos and, and stuff like that and posting it and stuff. And I just kind of, I wasn't sure about about the issue. Um, I'm kind of just asking you, like, uh, maybe <laughs> as like a person maybe I look up to. Like, if I saw you and I didn't know the right answer and I was like, and I came to you, like, say, how do you feel about this? Like, am I wrong? Or, you know, because I really don't know. Like, I don't, I see everybody doing it, but... I remember being told not to do it, you know. Yeah. And well, I guess I kind of get how you feel about it when you're kind of neutral on it. Like you part of it seems like part of you is accepting it because you can't stop it and everyone's doing it, but it seems like there's another part of you that's like it's still kind of not right cuz yeah. <laughs> you know I was raised this way. And that's going to be a, a tough thing for a lot of us to deal with now as we get older. Um it's as bad as we want to hang on to everything that's that's old in in those those traditional ways um our culture is going to evolve um, whether we like it or not and there's been some resistance on it and i think people have tried to correct it and stuff but you know i think things are always going to change things yeah. are always going to be changing and it's change. we, we can't we can't stop it but um I'm, I'm glad that you didn't give me some foolish answer not not foolish but like um <laughs> How would you say like a like a fake answer? You know, I. What about tattoos? What would you say about if, if like a child member wanted to get a tattoo of a, of a of a crown dancer? I've been told different things. Um, that's kind of like a um, like a touchy subject too. I mean, I. Yeah. But you I wouldn't got, do it. I, I got one. You got uh, one? Yeah. Yeah. Of, of my family's dancers on my back, and but I mean, did you get any blowback from that? Or did people try to, like, tell you you, you did something wrong or, or well, everyone kind of just let well, it go? I was always kind of told that we shouldn't have tattoos, but I, I Yeah, I, I got tattoos. Them. We all got yeah. tattoos. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. That. New times, you know. Yeah. But I mean, you're you're so proud of your your dancer, you just. Yeah, it's, it's on my back, so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's always covered up. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of kind of weird yeah. yeah I mean there's not like a written law in our Apache culture no, you know? there's no. not really like a bible that says you can you can you can do is really it's and just t- stories told and it and it's all gonna and your your perception on how these things are gonna happen is gonna depend on who you what kind of experience you had mm-hmm. you know maybe one time you got yelled at in front of everybody for doing something and then you're like oh okay I don't do that so um, that's the way I kind of always felt growing up is that there are things that people kind of relax on because we we live in a modern time now and there are things that people still don't relax on and the people that things don't relax on i know i'm not i'm not even going to talk about it i'm not going to bring it up that's just something we don't do right but then i notice like there's these little little gray areas and these little these little things that that are changing in our culture and i want to and i notice the change i see the change just like the picture in the video and maybe the tattoos and they kind of seem like changes that um most people are kind of just kind of letting go 
because maybe we're a more relaxed culture now. Um, the way I like to look at it too is during the times where we had all these rules and all these things, you know, maybe we were a lot stricter, a lot more harsh because we were in, we were going to war. Um, we, we were a tough people. We went through a lot and we kind of had a different attitude about the way things were happening. But now we're in 2020 and I wanted to just kind of ask a little bit of questions about some of the changes and stuff. And, um, like I said, people are taking videos and they're posting on Facebook. So yeah. it's, it's a different time. It's a different time for our culture and stuff. Um, but I guess there's going to be a point eventually where we're going to have to draw the line and be like, you know, this, that's too far, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting, interesting talk. I just wanted to see how you felt about it and, and stuff. But it's definitely situational. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's for sure. But um, I'm, I don't have any more questions for you. Uh, I don't know if you no, have any no. more. Is there anybody you want to shout out, Lee? Or anything you'd like to say to anybody? Mm. No. <laughs> I really do appreciate yeah. you coming on and, and talking with us and spending time with us. And um, I, I can't say it enough. I uh, appreciate everything you do for our community. Yeah, thank you for everything you do. You know, yeah. you're you're a good role model. Yeah. You are, and as much as you you're really humble, it's yeah. hard to get things out of you, and you don't brag about yourself, and it's hard for a podcast. But that's okay. I want I want you. I want the real you, and that's what I feel like we got today. Mm-hmm. We got your personality. We got your voice. You weren't out here just talking away, telling everybody, and I wouldn't want you to do that. Um, I want when I when people hear this podcast. I want them to actually hear your voice and hear that you are humble and stuff and hear your personality and the real you. I don't want to hear. I don't, I'm glad that you didn't come on and you you said a whole bunch of things that you felt like you were going to regret or you felt wasn't you. I still feel like I'm talking to you on this podcast, which is great. I appreciate that. Um, like I said, you are very humble for, for what you do for the community. You, you give a lot of your time to the community. Um, you give a lot of time to people that ask you for help and stuff like that. And so thank you for that and being being an awesome person. Uh, thank you for coming on this podcast. Yeah. Thank you all for having me. Thank you, and I can't wait to record the rest of that album with you so we can go platinum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope in the future, man, your, your grandkids and grandkids' grandkids look back on this episode and they know you and heard you. And man, I'm, glad, I'm glad you came on, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Mescalero. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. You get a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community.